Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Back to life. Back to reality. Back to life. Back to Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and it's Thursday. So we're going to be bringing you this week in Bachelor Nation, which will have some screams from the pit. It will have all those parasocial plays. It's going to have those gains. It's going to have that Bachelor Nation news. We're going to have a state of the game coming up. That's right. We are going to be talking about where the game is at right now after we're coming off the heels of Historic Season 17. But before we get to any of that, we have to tell you thank you. (laughs) To all of you who picked up a Do You Who'd You t-shirt, and to those who didn't, you're out of luck. It is now gone forever. So whoever has them, has them. Enjoy them. Wear them well. And for those who didn't get them, you do still have about one week to get the 4TRR shirt if you want to. So if you want that one, you go to bonfire.com slash game of roses, and you can pick one of those up. But thanks again to everybody so far who has... uh, picked up the do you hooju t-shirt and to everybody who's sending us the hooju videos which i i could literally just watch them all day they're always fantastic they're at the very least funny some of them are outright impressive people put different flourishes on them we saw some rykoff twirling in one of them this week i was like these are students of the game Indeed they are, and they are putting on high levels of display of the subsport of our beloved game. So now, let's move on. Let's begin this show, as we always begin our Thursday shows, with Game of Roses. State of the World. A lot going on in the news this week. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change issued a report this week saying we're in for more extreme weather, sea level rise, and hotter and more frequent heat waves worldwide. And it's all due to human-made damage to the environment. New York's governor, Andrew Cuomo, put in his two weeks notice after he became the subject of a tidal wave of sexual harassment and toxic workplace allegations. Florida's governor, Ron DeSantis, has threatened to withhold teachers' salaries if they implement any kind of mask mandates in their schools that would go against his anti-mask mandate. But none of that is as important to any of our lives as the start of Bachelor in Paradise. In this segment, we usually talk about a bigger piece of news and relate it back to our beloved game, but today, we're going straight to the source. And we don't mean Dallas. Today, we're going to do a state of the game and really lay out where we are after 
three bubble seasons as we're moving into the first BIP in two long years. So Bachelor Season 17 has officially ended in engagement bliss for dildo enthusiast Katie Thurston and the bearded semen artist from the North, Blake Moyes, (laughs) which means the third bubble season has come to a close. And we are moving into the seventh season of BIP with an all-star cast, the likes of which we have never really seen. These past three seasons, Bachelorette 16, Bachelor 25, and Bachelorette 17, have all been fraught with chaos at levels we haven't really ever seen before. Bachelor season 16 was fractured for the first time in history when Claire Crawley fell in love with Dale Moss before the season even started, supposedly parasocially only, even though evidence is mounting that our theory i say our because we are both doing this podcast that's right our theory the the official game of roses theory about phantom night one may actually be true okay who's keeping track of the official gore theories that's right Crawley leaving the season early with Moss gave way to a second bachelorette in the same season, Tasha Adams, who, like Crawley, is still together with her ring winner. Then, Bachelor 25 erupted in controversy when that season's ring winner, Rachel Kirkinell, was embroiled in a scandal involving old social media posts that featured her problematic involvement in racist events that transpired in 2018. The fallout from everything that followed eventually led to the full dismissal of one of the most constant elements of the game through its entire history, Dark Lord Harrison, who had hosted every season of the show since its inception back in 2002. And his dismissal was in large part due to the parasocial solidarity of the players from season 25. Then we get to Bachelorette 17. For the first time in history, we have a lead who finished in 11th place in Katie Thurston, and she uses social media more liberally than any lead in history during the airing of her season and ultimately takes such control of the game that for the first time, the structure of the game is overridden to such a degree that multiple rose ceremonies are omitted and the ring winner, Blake Moynes, is only presented with four total roses. He doesn't even have enough to qualify for a real rose quotient, which would have been extremely low, by the way. He had two ones and two zeros. Throw another one or a zero in there, he would have fucking crushed it. But we if she also had just saw... given him that special rose when she went to knock, knock and say you're in the game. If she had just given him a rose there. He would have been the lowest rose quotient in the history of the game. And I don't think anybody would even come close. As it stands, though, sorry, you don't got five roses. You don't <laughs> got an RQ. It's a, a weird asterisk season. But we also saw for the first time in season 17 a full season without the dark lord with two star players caitlin bristow and tasha adams rendering co-hosting duties which we now know they will reprise in michelle young's upcoming season 18 the season also resulted by the way in the worst ratings the show has had in a very long time and now we are on the precipice of bachelor in paradise season seven which is clearly a reaction by producers to fix or at least distract us from everything that was so broken in these bubble seasons. They're pulling out all the stops to address the absence of a permanent host. They've called in a cast of rotating celebrities like Lil Jon and David Spade. As far as players, they've called in superstar Bachelor in Paradise players from the past, like Demigod Burnett and grocery store Joe Amabil. I guess I've never said his last name. I haven't They have even, for the first time in history, convinced a former crown to touch sand in Becca Kufrin. 
coming off the heels of some of the most controversial seasons in history that almost threatened to destroy the game itself, what does this season of BIP represent in terms of where the game is heading? I personally believe that, I mean, obviously the producers are aware of bad ratings. They're aware of all the social media shit that has gone down. And I think this BIP season is essentially like a reset button. I think it's going to be paradise at the highest levels we can imagine. More violence, more booze, more love triangles, more boom, boom room than we have ever seen. And I think it's meant to be almost like a palate cleanser as we head into young season, which from the promo, which we're going to be talking about in news, looks to be a return to the kind of glamour and opulence of the game we knew before COVID. I could not believe my eyes when I learned about the Kufrin news from our own marketing department. Grand Park's <laughs> posting an image of the Koof on sand. Yeah. I was like, wait, is she a host? And then, no, she's a player. You see Shocking. her in the promo she's dating thomas or she's at least on some date with him so she's back (laughs) to date to get that instagram number up we're going to be talking about that a little bit later too but i just feel like what they are doing right now where the game is coming off the heels of these three seasons and we know that michelle young season isn't quite going to be a bubble season it's going to be bubble-esque they're going to go to different bubbles different resorts But I Mm -hmm. think it's going to give us back that sense of travel a little bit, which, you know, we're talking about all these seasons being fractured and broken. Every one of these couples is still together. And so the ability the producers have to travel and distract people and like kind of keep them locked down psychologically that I think they get from travel when you're on a plane that much, when the producers have all these things that are designed for you, it's like today you're going to go out on this date and go to a Ferris wheel, you're going to the Eiffel Tower, whatever it may be. You don't have time Mm -hmm. to sit there and be like, you know what? I'm not going to do this date with Justin. You know what? I'm not going to do this rose ceremony. I think when the leads were in their resorts, they kind of felt like they had control over that domain because they were always there. And I think that's going to start to melt away now. And I think we're going to get back to a more traditional version of the main game. You can see that we had so many knock-knock hotel eliminations, and you don't have that if you have this very high production value for the dates. You're like, well, we've already got a hot air balloon. Can you at least dismiss him after the you go up in the air. Exactly. Like what she did with Justin in this season 17, where she was like, I'm not even mm-hmm. going on the fantasy suite date. That's extremely rare. Usually the producers will have some big thing planned and it's like, well, you have to do this and then you can kick him off at the dinner. And I just feel like that where we're headed with this BIP, which is going to be, I believe, the craziest Bachelor in Paradise we have ever seen. I think it's meant to at least tonally signify a shift like the bubble shit is over now we're getting back to Mm -hmm. what you love about bachelor that's what it feels like to me in this and i think that's the right move and we're going to get to this also with news but like if tyler cameron is the bachelor it's going to be a return to the traditional bachelor at the highest level we are also seeing the first Bachelor in Paradise where they've been able to cast from so many seasons. So people, you know, maybe in a different era, people from Listen to Your Heart, for example, might have made the cut, but we're not going to see that here. And I can't wait. I can't wait. I love BIP. I do too. It's my favorite of the games because it's like a much more complex game. It's, 
you know, a free for all kind of like, see what you can do. And the producers don't like their machinations are all interpersonal. They're not able to use things like, oh, Chase Rice showed up or, oh, now you're all three going to be in a room together as you're going through fantasy suites. They have far less control over like circumstantial events and all they're doing is pitting people against each other and they're using timing of when they send people in. Like we already obviously saw Mm -hmm. in the promo, they're going to send in Kendall Long to blow up Grocery Store Joe and Serena Pitt. Mm-hmm. They they do that. They use the human missile, the human sabotage. But they can't really do the same kind of shit <laughs> the that they do missile. in the course of a season. You know, they can't do like when they made Emily Maynard on Brad Womack's second season go to a race car group date, knowing that her husband who died in a plane crash was a race car driver. They can't set <laughs> shit up like that, obviously, in Bachelor of Paradise. I mean, they could take people's traumas and make them into dates a la Annalise Puccini. It's still possible to do that in Bachelor in Paradise, but obviously in that it's a bubble, that's going to restrict it somewhat. I'm curious whether they will be doing anything to alleviate what I see as a weakness of Bachelor in Paradise, which is that all you have to do is pair up. And if you can just pair up with someone, you don't have to do shit. You stay in the whole time. Versus like all of these other reality dating shows that are coming out, all of the island shows, Love Island, F-Boy Island, etc., where you have to be at least entertaining as a couple. Mm-hmm. You can't just pair up and then you're safe, which in Bachelor in Paradise, theoretically, if you do that, you should get through the whole run. I wonder if they'll introduce any, any new elements to the game this season. Yeah, I'm curious about it, too, because I know the hosts also have to play some role that we're not yet aware of. Like, I don't think David Spade just shows up and is like, hey, guys, now the women are giving the guys roses. That's what's happening this week. Bye. I'll be in my trailer. I think they're going to use him on dates. I think they're going to use Lil mm-hmm. John on dates. They, they have to play some larger role, you know? Seeing him, Lil John say, yeah, at the end of the Bachelor in Paradise preview was like, I felt like my brain was misfiring. <laughs> I can't wait until we get like Becca Kufrin and Thomas have to go to Lil John to ask him for the key to the boom boom room. And he just goes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that will be the, the only word he is contractually going to say on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But... We just wanted to take this state of the world today to do a state of the game to talk about where we see it heading because it does feel with the end, at least to me, it feels like with the end of Katie Thurston's bubble season that like that shit is over. Michelle Young is going to be a different kind of season in the way it's constructed. It won't be Mm -hmm. fully traditional. I don't think they're not going to do international travel, but they are going to have travel weeks. And that's, I think, going to allow the producers to settle back into a more traditional structure. And I, Like, I like the bubble season to some degree, but they obviously had massive problems. And I think it was because they were in the bubbles. So I am looking forward to a return to a little bit more of a traditional structure within the game. It also just lays bare the structure of the game so much that it is psychological torture. And when you're traveling, you're like, oh, at least they're getting like an adventure out of this. It doesn't feel so much like a prison. Which is how I see these bubble seasons. I'm like, they seem like they're in a prison. That's, that's what the slogan for Bachelor 26 should be. Bachelor 26, 
it's not so much like a prison. <laughs> it's not so much like a prison. Yes. Um, by the way, we are not exactly sure what the airing of these will be. Uh, the last few seasons have been Monday and Tuesday nights. And in that case, if it does end up being that, we will record Tuesday night and our schedule will shift to having episodes Wednesday and Friday for this season. But as of now, it looks like they're just going to do the first episode at the very least on a Monday. I have no indication that there's also a Tuesday episode. But yeah, if they change their schedule, we'll change ours mm-hmm. because we are, of course, devoted to our beloved game. But that wraps up the state <laughs> of the game. And uh, thank you for listening. Now we're going to move into all of the movements for this final round of season 17 of all the biggest players on this season. This is This Week in Games. We always start out This Week in Games by talking about the ratings of our beloved game. And this season's ratings, as we know, have been a disaster. But season 17's final three-hour event that included a fiery demon, a proposal, some horses, and a Greg Grippo hot seat one Monday night by a healthy margin with the best ratings of the season. In the 18 wow. to 49... <laughs> yep. That's probably yep. what the producers were saying as they saw these numbers. In the 18 to 49-year-old demographic, the episode pulled in a 1.13 That is a 13% increase from last week and the only episode all season to crack the 1.0 mark. And in raw viewers, the finale brought in 4.374 million people, up 19.38% from last week as the only episode this season to pull in over 4 million viewers. The next closest episode was night one with 3.7 million. So... There were effectively 600,000 people who watched only one episode of this entire season, <laughs> and this was that episode. <laughs> they are clearly not in the pit, but these numbers are encouraging and to some degree prove that our beloved game still has the ability to pull in relatively big numbers. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of viewership BIP is able to pull in next week with that star-studded cast featuring former fucking crown Becca Kufrin. Still can't get over it. Do you think they paid her? Yeah. They pay everybody on BIP. We learned but I mean, that like, from. Do you think they paid her? <laughs> yes, I think she got the highest rate of anyone ever in the history of Bachelor in Paradise, and I'm hopeful that she'll go on Tardex Trading Secrets podcast at some point and reveal exactly what that number is. Because I'm, I would love to fucking know. Or she could reveal it on Gore if she wants. Open offer. <laughs> totally, please. <laughs> Please, if you're listening, I would love to to ask her about that and many other things <laughs> in her storied career. Well, congrats to the Bachelor franchise on these historic numbers. Well, they're not that historic, though. They're not that historic. Let's be real. They were the best <laughs> numbers for this season. They're still very low, comparatively speaking, for to almost all other of- seasons. <laughs> 2021. (laughs) Congrats on that record. (laughs) Now let's talk about the Instagram gains. Last week on Twibbon, Katie Thurston was at 849,000 followers. Our crown got a huge gain this week, accruing 113,000 new eyes on her gram since that point, bringing her to 962k total. 
Once again, a good thing that neither of us ever made any predictions about her ever crossing the million threshold. I just looked at it as we're recording this, and she's gained 2,000 more. She's at 964, and I'm like, is she going to hit it? She's within striking distance now of a million. I think she and Moyne should go on a world tour, like the queen, (laughs) helping animals all over the world. If anybody can do it, she can do it because I do think she's very good at social media and she's going to know, I mean, already the stuff we're going to get into in parasocial plays, already the shit that they're doing is incredible parasocially. Mm -hmm. I think she's going to do it. I think she's going to do it within a month. I mean, if she got 113K, probably mostly from last night or Monday night, Mm -hmm. I could see her getting... 20k more this is my advice if i was katie thurston this is what i would do hard pivot to fourth audience membership as bachelor in paradise starts airing you're live tweeting that shit you're doing Mm -hmm. instagram stories of you recording the screen as you're watching it with blake sitting on your couch style exactly you're talking about what's going on in it and you're now like a bachelor fan Mm -hmm. and you're making the funniest best fucking posts about it that you can i think that shit could blow you up that can get you 40k for sure and that's an introduction into her podcast spent with katie exactly which doesn't exist yet but i'm assuming it will it should and she only these Instagram gains for her didn't translate to TikTok. She gained 3.5K this week. She's at 430.2K TikTok followers right now. And now for the top five Instagram gains for the players of Thurston's 17th Bachelorette season. The gold medal in gains this week goes to 30-year-old wildlife manager and ring winner Blake Moines. He gained 162K this week, making him the first player to join the 400K club, bringing him to 408K total for his butt clang hooju, his pre-cog wall play, his double MVP, double play of the game status of his love level four, his extracting of love level four from Thurston, his continued bold style chemistry play, extracting mom tears and glow, being told that he means nothing by Aunt Lindsay. his cliffhanger style proposal and receiving that final rose despite not even getting enough roses to have an RQ. Fuck, 162K in a week. That is insane. Congratulations to Moines. That's a huge gain. I love to see it. Biggest of the season. Yeah, biggest of the season by far by of anybody. But there is a silver medal in gains and that goes to... 28-year-old Jersey marketing sales rep Greg Grippo. He gained 63,000 new followers this week, bringing his total to 382,000 for his swan song exit echo bump, his post-mortem love level four ultimatum, and his for the wrong reasons accusations against the crown in response to her for the wrong reasons accusation that he had been trained in shy style acting school during their heartbreak reunion hot seat at the after the final rose. I would also say that part of this Mm -hmm. bump is due to the perceived bachelor effect. I think many people 
are thinking that he's in line for it. We don't know that. And we're mm. talking about Tyler Cameron. There's still other names being thrown around. No announcements have been made, at least at the time of this recording. But that announcement is coming very fucking soon. Next couple of weeks. You think before young season? Yeah. Because mm. they start shooting. at Like, nobody from young season can be on, can be the next Bachelor. Due to timing? Yeah. They start shooting Bachelor 26 at the end of September. I guess technically it could be, but we won't have seen her season air. We won't know any of those guys by the time they're already shooting Bachelor. Got it. So we can rule out young season. Who are the main contenders right now? We have Grippo. We have Alio. We have Andrew Spencer, Mike Johnson, Dr. Joe Park, Tyler Cameron. Is that the mix we're talking? That's the mix. Yeah. I think you're looking at a... I mean, Tyler Cameron is your best option. I don't know if he's the most likely option, though. Like, I know we want that, and we're saying that. He has said that he wouldn't do it. A lot of people say a lot of things until they get a million-dollar check. I I think Grippo's in there. I think Olio, Grippo, Spencer are all maybe equally likely. I think Joe Park is less likely. What do you think? Mike Johnson. I think he's he has a weird kind of double edge thing where it's like in terms of a get he's like Tyler Cameron level in terms mm-hmm. of the producers not liking him he's like on his own level of that you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know if they want right. to deal with him I think they want somebody who is going to be a company player for season 26 in some regards I think Grippo is probably their best option for that the new players are more company men yes and especially somebody like Grippo, who is like, will require the producers to insulate him against all of the negative backlash online. So it's like, okay, we can make you bachelor, but you got to do everything we say. I mean, I just feel like the the reaction on the by the fourth audience to Grippo has been so mixed. I would be very surprised. I think it would be more likely that it would be Spencer or Alio. I think in terms of like who your best bachelor is going to be from the recent people, like in terms of who could deliver the most entertaining season, I would go with Andrew Spencer. I think he's like Mm -hmm. funny. He's interesting. Charismatic. He's got football in his blood. Like I, I, he hits a lot of fucking boxes that I think would make for a very good season, but I, I just don't know. I don't know where they're headed with what they want this franchise to be. And if they did roll out the fucking truck for, uh, Tyler Cameron that's mm-hmm. just like that's probably the the season I'm most interested in watching because right. like holy fucking shit he might be the first three million player if that happens three million Instagram follower player you know he would be I'll predict it now these yeah I think so but we'll see anyway um back to the games yeah and I think some of these ga- I think some of these other games are also possible crown games as well but totally well i mean shit when you're talking about grippo just not to not to belabor the point but we just did the ratings for the fucking show there's hundreds of thousands of people tuned in for the last episode only mm-hmm. they don't even fucking know about any of this shit yeah we saw a couple bachelor nation players tweet about the last episode and about specifically that heartbreak reunion hot seat without having watched any of the season and i guess without having read the internet at all and getting some uh, <laughs> pushback 
A lot of feedback on those. <laughs> Gotta read the internet these days. <laughs> Gotta read it. <laughs> Back to games. The bronze medal this week goes to Baltimore investment sales consultant Justin Glaze. He finally got on the gains board for the first time since week one with a 34.3K gain, bringing him to 82.9K total. He won't crack the top five overall with this gain, but he almost doubled his total for being in the top two, his loaded love level four, his swan song elimination bump, his tear play and his heartbreak reunion hot seat, and his face play, which garnered him his own blooper reel at the after the final rose. Justin Glaze, if you're listening, here's what I would do if I was you. Start a TikTok or change your Instagram into this. It is an art TikTok. It is an art Instagram where you're doing paintings and giving tips on how to do paintings and shit. Some of those art TikToks of people just like doing paintings, time-lapse mm-hmm. style, millions of followers, millions of likes. I wow. think he could, I'm not saying he could get that level, but he could bump it up. I think if he leaned hard into his artist persona. I thought when you said that, that you were going to say lean into his face play persona and have him do the same thing that you suggested for Thurston, which is watching the episodes, and then he just turns to camera and makes a face at different things that are happening. <laughs> he should be doing <laughs> portraits of the faces he made in the show. He should be painting his yes. own face. By the way, he did do a he did do a time lapse video of his rose painting, which we had too many parasocial plays to include, but it was pretty good. It was on his Instagram story. Yeah, so he's already kind of angling in that direction. I hope he continues. And fourth place this week goes to Clay Harbor's cousin, 26-year-old pro football player and future bachelor and English (laughs) accent aficionado Andrew Spencer. Spencer gained 27,000 followers this week, bringing him to the 200K club. He now sits at 217K total for his post-mortem men tell all heartbreak echo bump. And fifth place in gains goes to 36-year-old Ohio business owner slash widower slash package deal, Michael Alio. He gained 24,000 followers this week, also bringing him into the 200K club at 220K total for his postmortem mental all heartbreak edit echo bump slash possible crown bump. And honorable mentions this week go out to 29-year-old Columbia, Illinois math teacher and musician, Condor the Cat Man B. He gained 9,000 this week, bringing him to 113K total for his postmortem mental all heartbreak edit echo bump. Also notable this week, the forums tried to promote a player who went out at the second rose ceremony, Kyle Howard, who I believe was in your final four, with a series of Kyle-themed memes. He only gained 2,336 for this endeavor, bringing him to 8,047 followers total. And Portland real estate agent and night one guy Marcus Lathan had the biggest loss in gains this week, losing 141 followers, bringing him to 4,521 total followers. Now for the top five total chart as of this recording, which is Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Coming in at number one, Blake Moines, 408K total, and he overtook Greg Grippo this week. Grippo is in second at 382K, Michael Alio in third at 220K, Andrew Spencer in fourth, close behind him at 217K, and Connor B bringing up the rear at number five at 113K. 
and Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow, the two co-hosts of season 17 and season 18, and maybe beyond, we don't know, have had no change. Tasha is still sitting at 1.8 million. Caitlin's still at 1.9, scratching at the threshold of that illustrious 2 million club. She wants in. Let her in. Let her in. <laughs> But that does it for this week in games. Now we're going to move on to all those luscious tids. We are in the throes of summer. Do you have a summer wardrobe? What better way to get into the carefree spirit of summer than with a brand whose apparel and accessories are all about laid back living and enjoying life to the fullest. We are, of course, talking about... Pura Vida. Pura Vida is one of the coolest apparel and accessory brands out there, and giving back has always been at the core of what they do. Pura Vida was started by two California surfers who went to Costa Rica and fell in love with the art and laid-back lifestyle. They began partnering with Costa Rican artisans to create beautiful braided bracelets selling millions each year. A portion of what they make goes back to causes you care about. They partner with over 200 charities worldwide. Pura Vida's fair trade apparel and artisan-made accessories are comfortable, casual, eco-friendly, and just so for TRR. They have colorful graphic tees, crop tees, and hoodies, including one-of-a-kind tie-dyes. They're fun to wear and express your personality. I personally am loving the surf tour tee right now. It is a tour tee plus a cotton candy tie-dye wash. Doesn't get more Pura Vida than that. The Surf Tour Classic Tee has this major throwback feels with the tour design on the back in the colors teal and pink, beautiful colors, distressed tropical logo, and these clothes are all buttery soft. It's 100% cotton apparel, so working from home has never been comfier, which I know we are doing. I know a lot of people are working from home maybe forever at this point. It's also clothing with a cause. Shop Pura Vida's charity collections, and 5% of your purchase price is given back to charities that support things like ocean and land conservation. And Pura Vida has already donated $3.5 million to charity, including 335 k donated in disaster relief in 2020 alone. Pura Vida. You can look good and do good. To get 20% off your Pura Vida order, text ROSES. To 38817. That's the word roses to the number 38817, and you're going to get 20% off your Pura Vita order. Terms apply, available at puravitabracelets.com slash terms. Once again, you just text roses to 38817 to get 20% off your Pura Vita order. Clues, as you know, I am very into yoga. Do you know this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It. I do know this. It is a part of my daily routine at this point. I have done it every day of the pandemic. And there are certain things that come along with yoga. Sometimes I'm doing tougher classes and I get sore. And sometimes if I'll do it before bed, it's hard for me to fall asleep. Luckily... I have found a product that has helped me with both of these things at the same time. That's Caliper CBD. You know, I've tried melatonin when I'm having trouble sleeping at night. That tends to not be too effective. 
soreness, you know, I'll try to stretch, but caliper CBD has really helped with the pain and soreness that I get from maybe doing some tougher yoga classes sometimes, which I will occasionally do. I'm usually very easy on myself, but (laughs) caliper CBD has helped with both of these things. It's also helped when I'm feeling stress. It's helping me sleep easier and just overall have a sense of calm. I was skeptical of CBD at first. I was like, that's not real. That doesn't do anything. But I tried it and I do notice that it has improved my life. My overall sense of calm, stress levels, again, the the pain and soreness, and helping me fall asleep easier. Well, right now, everyone listening should know that Caliber CBD Powder is the only clinically proven fast-acting CBD. It delivers 30 times more CBD in the first 30 minutes versus CBD oil, and you get all the benefits of CBD in just 10 minutes. Some CBD oils can take over an hour for your body to absorb. And Caliper is developed by food science experts with decades of experience, rigorously tested for purity and quality. It has precisely 20 milligrams in each packet, always THC-free, so you can feel better without the high. There's no weird taste, no oily residue. Caliper mixes easily into any food or drink. It's all natural, it's vegan, it's non-GMO, no fillers, no added chemicals, no artificial flavors. And right now, you can get 20% off your first order when you use the promo code ROSES at trycaliper.com slash roses. You can try Caliber CBD risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, they're going to give you a full refund. So once again, you just go to trycaliper, C-A-L-I-P-E-R, dot com slash roses. Don't forget to use that promo code ROSES for 20% off your first order. This is bachelor nation news first up in bachelor nation news there's a new promo out for michelle young's upcoming season 18 of the bachelorette and it's incredible The 15-second clip features Michelle Young opening a door and sauntering through a hallway filled with flowers. Of course, roses are among them. Heavy glow filters have been applied to the footage in some cases, even adding golden lens flares to her accessories and to her finger as it slides across the petals of a red rose. All of this is played in slow motion and we never see Young's face. Only the hint of it in the final shot that features Young looking back over her shoulder as she walks away, and all we see is her smile. And over all of this, we hear Little Mix's Bounce Back. The YouTube video for this song has 48 million views, so we know it actually has contemporary cultural significance far beyond the visual reference to The Graduate that was used in Claire Crawley's promo or the Fast Times at Ridgemont High reference used for Tasha's. But perhaps the most ingenious part of this song's usage is that Little Mix borrows their hook, However Do You Want Me, However Do You Need Me, from a song by Soul to Soul that came out in 1989 called Back to Life, which we played at the opening of today's podcast. The lyrics of that incredible song begin, Back to Life, Back to Reality. Back to Reality indeed reality television for michelle young 
This is essentially a perfect promo. Catchy song, interesting subtext, mystery anticipation, and it looks like they spent more money on this promo than they spent on all three bubble seasons combined. Whatever fatigue we might have been experiencing after the grueling schedule of the last year is gone, and we are perhaps more ready for this season than any in history. This is the power of good marketing. We've talked multiple times about how we're going to get overloaded. There's too much. There's no break. I don't know if Mm -hmm. I want to watch another season of Bachelor. I saw this fucking promo and I was just like, "Uh, I need to see that now. I was like, fuck Bachelor in Paradise. Give me this fucking season. FBIP? How dare you? Not really. You know what I mean. Of course not FBIP, but this promo really fucking worked on me. It fucking sank its teeth in and did not let go, and I am now super fucking excited for this season. Just off of that, just off this 15 seconds of like, this is how they're going to treat her at least. That's kind of the, the feeling I got was like, I've just gotten tired of like these bubble seasons. Claire Crawley got fucking raked over the coals. They did not like her because she fucked with the format of the game. They treated Tasha all right, but even that kind of it was shitty. When she came in and we didn't even get a fucking reel of who she is, people are just expected to know. They kind of did her a little dirty. And then Matt James' season, <laughs> obviously they didn't treat him too well. They really fucked him over. And we know that like they didn't really like Katie and they treated her like fucking shit. This is the first indication I'm getting that like, oh, they're going to put Michelle Young on the pedestal that Bachelorettes need to be on again. They do. I mean, this trailer is so good. She looks like she is, you know, royalty. And it also, for me, I'm now looking back at it, I first thought that it took place in Bachelor Mansion, and now it's like, I don't know where it is, but it evokes a similar, it's a similar color scheme to the outside of that house, which is just like, okay, we're back, baby. Yeah, they're trying to mimic it at least. I don't think they shoot Mm -hmm. at the mansion. I think it's all resorts across the country, Mm. but- I agree with you. They're trying. They're trying to give you that feeling, and it's fucking working. It gave me the feeling, too. But speaking of Michelle Young's season, there was huge news this week that for the first time ever, the producers of season 18 of Bachelorette will count among their ranks a black executive producer. Jody Baskerville, who has been with the franchise for a decade, was promoted to executive producer, marking what is, to our knowledge, the first step the franchise has taken toward actively addressing their problem of representation behind the camera. During the Black Lives Matter protests of 2020, ABC announced they would make an effort to increase representation in casting practices, as well as the producerial ranks, and it seems, at least for season 18, that they're trying to keep that promise. This is a massive step in the right direction, but only the first step of what we hope are many more to come. Congratulations go out to Jody Baskerville and this groundbreaking achievement. Tyler Cameron is in the news this week. The dimple-faced steak enthusiast and the woman he described as the love of his life only two weeks ago on Watch What Happens Live with Andy Cohen, Camila Kendra, have called it quits. Friends close to Cameron say the abrupt split came as a shock, but astute members of the nation saw this coming when they both unfollowed each other on Instagram last week. While this split might be the result of interpersonal incompatibility, we think it might also hint at another possibility. 
Tyler Cameron might very well have been tapped to be the next Bachelor. We can imagine a scenario in which the producers have taken our advice and offered TC $1 million to render lead duties in the upcoming season, and the cash was too much to pass up. Tyler Cameron would then have gone to Kendra and told her to indulge his endeavor and maybe even come on the show as a player. Kendra then might have been so offended that she broke up with him, or perhaps, and this is a big perhaps, TC and Kendra, along with producers, have orchestrated all of this. The breakup isn't real. It's only a public-facing breakup to facilitate his time as the upcoming Bachelor, and none of it is real at all. Will this theory pan out? This official gore theory? Time will tell. <laughs> Every one of these theories just, by the way, are They're mine. all official. I, I don't mean to... <laughs> I'll, I'll claim them as official gore theories mm-hmm. if you like. But this just was running through my head about how Machiavellian or the producers, and if they really did go after Tyler Cameron to be The Bachelor, how deep does this shit go? And if he is The Bachelor, are they going to bring her on? Is she the night one curveball? I don't think they let something like that just drop unless she's like, you know what? Fuck you, dude. I'm completely out. That's possible, obviously. Time will tell. Indeed. But speaking of crowns, doing it for the gram. We spoke a little about this in State of the Game, but this massive news bears further examination here. Next Monday, Becca Kufrin will be the first crown in history to feel the sweet sting of sand twixt her toes. The 31-year-old will not appear on the beach in the first episode, but will instead come into the game in a later round. Kufrin is one of only three players in history to achieve the almost impossible goal of what we call the full royale. That's winning the ring and the crown. Jen Sheft and Emily Maynard are the only other two players in history to join the full royale club. But now that Kufrin is adding paradise to her list of achievements, we might have to coin a new term to describe her lofty place in the game's history. The tropical royale, perhaps? This is a day we never thought would happen, and we can't wait to see what happens to her Instagram numbers as a result. She's at 1.1 million currently and has established herself as a permanent fixture in the game's culture as the co-host of the official Bachelor podcast, Bachelor Happy Hour. But after what I assume is going to be a massively successful Paradise run, could she hit 2 million? Could she get 900,000 Instagram followers off of this? With Thomas? I mean, she could. She could. If Becca Kufrin, you know what? I hope she proposes at the end of Paradise. I can take that, <laughs> <just> Garrett. <laughs> I'm going to get down on a knee as y- you think a woman should be burned at the stake for doing that, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I really want to see a woman propose on this franchise. I'm sorry. I would love it. I, I agree with you. Maybe it'll be Demigod. <sighs> Demigod. Do it. Um. She could definitely crack 2 million. I mean, we see players get most of their gains on Paradise sometimes. I was looking at that um, Connor Brennan going in at 113. I'm like, what will that end up at? Oh, absolutely. Look, we saw huge gains after BIP Season 3. That's when that really started to fucking manifest. When you had like Aya Kinetti doing a million run off her BIP friend zone with Highbon. That set the stage, I think, for like then BIP 4, 5, and 6. We saw... Players, every one of those seasons, were cracking a million. I, it'll happen this season, I think, for sure, mm-hmm. because this season is like two years in the making and all these fucking crazy... Becca Kufrin's fucking on the season. Like, it's crazy. We have somebody coming into the game yeah. with 1.1 1. 1 million. And I, I just feel like there's going to be huge gains for all of these players, and I think she could do it. I think she could 2 million club. I also think an interesting element of this is she is 
a co-host of Bachelor Happy Hour. We also have co-hosts um, Natasha Parker, Joe Amobile, also joining the ranks. Like, what will it do to the game that you have these people who theoretically know more than anyone about this franchise in it? I can't wait. I, I completely agree. It's a different era. This is the professional era. And this is kind of like, you know, we talk about the professional era being defined really as people coming into the game, the main games, Bachelor and Bachelorette, having seen enough of the game, studied enough of the game that they know the mechanics of it. I think coming into paradise at this point, after everything has just been ramped up, the amount of Bachelor podcasts, the amount of scrutiny the franchise has come under, all of the people on sand are going to be professional players, the likes of which we've never seen. Mm-hmm. God, it's going to be And great. we're going to get Mari Pepin again, who both of us had in our final fours, and we were excited yeah. to see play again. Totally. And it looks like she's getting into a love triangle with, was it Brendan Marias? And Demi Piper? Fuck, I don't remember who it was, but she, it looked like in the promo, she gets embroiled in a, in a love triangle with some couple other players, obviously. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Becca Kufrin for doing what we thought would literally never happen. I, I still kind of can't believe it. Greg Grippo is in the news this week for more than his hot seat appearance. The controversial third place finisher on the most recent season of The Bachelorette was spotted with another player in New York this week. Images surfaced on Instagram this week featuring Grippo for a night out on the town with none other than fellow third place finisher. Bree Springs. The person who took the photos mentioned asking the duo for a pick, which yielded no reply from Grippo, but Springs denied the request, saying that they wanted to be discreet. As rumors immediately began surfacing that they were dating, Springs was quick to take to her Instagram stories, where she posted a picture of herself holding someone else's hand with the caption, current relationship status, quickly putting an end to the fantasies of all Grippo Springs shippers. Once again, we are seeing that the power of the fourth audience is growing every day. Everything from digging up old likes and photos to breaking news and now even handling paparazzi duties. Is there anything we can't do? No. I don't think so. And before we close out Bachelor Nation news, we have a whole bunch of happy birthday wishes. Blake Moines turned 31 on Monday the 9th. Tia Booth turned 30 today as we're recording this on the 11th. And she shares that birthday with 34-year-old OnlyFans entrepreneur Chad Johnson. And Josh Murray is going to turn 36 tomorrow on the 12th. Happy birthday to all of these superstar players. And now we are going to move on to discuss the absolute hurricane of plays that were made in the primary world by all of our players this week. This week was just fucking, it was crazy. It was impossible. <laughs> this is... The parasocial play, 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 play of the week. First up, villain edit recipient Hunter Montgomery made a couple strong parasocial plays this week. In the first, he makes a video addressing Aaron Clancy and Co., calling him a leprechaun. And at the end, Montgomery reveals an image he says his mom wanted Clancy to have, a picture of Montgomery as a child dressed as a leprechaun on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> In the second, uh, Montgomery also used hashtag in the pit on his Instagram post celebrating the Bachelorette finale. 
Welcome to the pit, Hunter Montgomery. From the toilet, no less, as a leprechaun. Another big parasocial play that we want to make mention of this week involves Kelly Flanagan. She posted a screenshot of her text conversation with a producer one and a half years ago when she and Blake Moynes were seated next to each other on a plane to Los Angeles. It reads, It's crazy how much can change in one and a half years. Congrats to Blake Moynes and Katie Thurston on their engagement. Katie picked a true gem. Gem on gem. Action. But uh, thanks for Kelly Flanagan for submitting this archival image. Ari and Lauren Leyendijk posted a 20-minute Q&A video on YouTube two months after having twins. This video has 222,990 views and 7.1K likes. Katie Thurston posted a thank you on her Instagram story to former bachelorette Desiree Hartsock for helping her behind the scenes on her season. This Council of Crowns cut from the document read, I want to take the time to thank Desiree Siegfried publicly. What you didn't get to see was another amazing previous bachelorette helping me through my journey. She took the time to FaceTime me while in New Mexico to give some words of advice and encouragement toward the end of my experience. I can only hope to be as lucky as her and Chris are with their ever-growing love and beautiful family. And then she posts a Desiree Hartsock video called The Bachelorette Journey. Do you think that this had to do with the end of Desiree's season? Yes. With Brooks self-eliminating in third place? Yeah. Yes. I feel like like it was um, meant to parallel Grippo leaving. Totally. It was like when they brought out Mesny on... Ari Leyendijk's after the final <laughs> yeah. rose to be like, you did this too, remember? Speaking of Ari Leyendijk, Leyendijk's second choice for wife, Lauren Leyendijk, also made another extraordinary parasocial play this week on her Instagram main grid. She posted an image of herself breastfeeding both Leyendijk twins at once with the caption, World Breastfeeding Week emoji of a mom with a baby celebration of one of the hardest things i've ever done i'm in awe of all the ladies that make it look so effortless and even the ones who don't you are superheroes lightning emoji this post has 214,390 likes and 1,778 comments lux and senna Leyendijk are currently at 317k followers on their joint instagram account Leyendijk twins they're catching up to alessi our co-hosts for this season, the Ultimate Girl Gang, Tasha Adams and Caitlin Bristow, made a strong parasocial play this week via TikTok. They posted a video on Bristow's TikTok where the two lip sync a popular TikTok sound, I Can't Go Out, I'm Sick, Fake Cough, a clip from the popular film Mean Girls, followed by music, introducing their After the Final Rose dresses. The caption reads, the wait is over, hashtag After the Final Rose is on tonight. What are you most excited for? Hashtag The Bachelorette at Tasha Adams. The video has 611.3 thousand views and 56.7 thousand likes. Bristow also posted it to her Instagram Reels, gaining an additional 84.7 thousand likes and 468 comments. Both co-hosts also made strong Instagram season wrap-up parasocial posts. Tisha Adams posted a series of images and videos of her, Bristow, and Thurston from filming. The caption reads, and that's a wrap. 
Bachelorette season 17, it's been real. It's important to me that I acknowledge the gratitude I have for ABC and the Bachelor franchise. Thank you for believing in me and giving me an opportunity to support our lead, Katie, represent the BIPOC community, and most importantly, emphasize the power of women supporting other women. I've loved every second of it, and I thank you, Bachelor Nation, for the love and support. Caitlin, it's hard to find a co-host you can click so well with. I wouldn't want to be a mentor with anyone else. Cannot wait for another season to be on your television screens. See you in the fall. XOXO, Tasha. That post has 235,937 likes and 1,071 comments. Bristow posted a different series of videos with the following captain. I just want to say thank you for opening up your hearts and homes to me and Tasha every Monday night. I know change isn't easy for people, and I know we could never, nor do we ever want to replace anyone. Who's she talking about? We were there to be ourselves, <laughs> mentors, and give a new perspective. We wanted to make everyone smile and give Katie the validation she deserved with her feelings. It's hard to navigate the world of being the Bachelorette. I hope it helped to have women there supporting her, relating to her, and understanding her. I'm so proud of Katie. Always remember that we are all just doing our best. Sometimes reading comments can really hurt, and sometimes they warm my heart. At the end of the day, I'm just honored to be a part of this, and I can't wait to be by Michelle's side as well. Thank you, Bachelor Nation, for giving us a chance, and thank you, Tasha, for being my favorite co-host with me. I really got to know you through this as well, and I just love you. I'm feeling extra grateful tonight for this opportunity. Also, a thank you to Colon Audio. Carrie, our stylist, Gina, our makeup artist, producers, Katie, handlers, runners, EPs, art department. The list goes on for people who have to be away from their families, sleepless nights, long hours, and a lot of emotions. So much heart and soul goes into this show. Crying face emoji. Hashtag The Bachelorette. Very well said, Miss Bristow. She gives thanks to all the proper parties. She even says we're not trying to step on Dark Lord Harrison's toes here, even though they clearly are doing just that. <laughs> She's like, we're not trying to replace anybody. We're just given a contract to replace somebody. That's all. <laughs> but we're not trying to do it. It's just happening. <laughs> Very successful company womaning. Katie Thurston, our most recent crown, made a parasocial play containing one of Aunt Lindsay's reactions to seeing herself in the document, grilling Blake Moynes at the meeting of the family portion of the finale. Thurston posted a screenshot of a family group text to her Twitter. Text from Aunt Lindsay read, I legit feel like I owe this kid an apology. Did I fuck him up so bad you had to take him to an energy healer? A family member named Sam responded, he handled you and still like Katie afterwards. That's good. Lol, don't apologize for being yourself. You asked serious questions that needed to be asked. Plus, out of all the guys, he seems like the one who could handle our family. This tweet has 8.2k likes, 194 retweets. Blake Moines' mom, at Emily Moines, posted a parasocial family play of her own this week. She posted an image to her main Instagram grid of herself watching Aunt Lindsay grill her son on the TV. She captioned it, Thanksgiving dinner should be fun, dot, 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 <laughs> crying, laughing, emoji, times two, hashtag, clink a glass. Despite Mama Moines only having 9.8 thousand followers, the post has 24,136 likes and 1,081 comments, including Thurston commenting dead and comment comments from <laughs> Kenny Brash, Vanessa Grimaldi, and Olivia Caridi, all of course luminaries within our beloved game. And we were wondering what form the following parasocial play might take for a while. 
ever since we watched the art group date in which Blake Moynes made yet another black-boxed piece of art. Katie Thurston finally revealed Blake's mystery artistic rendering of the magical mystery of life via an Instagram story image containing the painting on top of a fireplace mantle. Moynes' painting confirmed Bachelor Clues' official theory that Moynes had in fact painted an image of semen and not my theory that he had painted a birth. The black and white piece is now framed and sits beside another black and white painting of a nude person on an unknown mantle. Love to see it from Blake Moynes, a true artist. There were two incredible parasocial plays this week, both by our current crown and her ring winner. First, our runner-up for parasocial play of the week, Thurston made a season-ending main grid Instagram post. It's a two-image series of her and Moines in birthday hat tots performing kiss play and then Moines blowing out birthday candles on a birthday cake. The caption reads, Happy fucking birthday, honey bear. Bear face, heart emoji. What a wild couple of months it's been. I couldn't have done this without you. I'm so ready to leave these bubbles and start living our life. I couldn't ask for a better partner. You are kind, patient, understanding, and your advocacy for the planet and animals is remarkable. I'm so lucky to call you my fiance. Ring emoji. My best friend, my confidant. We are just two weirdos laughing our way through life together. Cheers to the upcoming adventures. Two champagne flutes clinking emoji. (laughs) Next stop, Canada. Canadian flag emoji. This post has 403,688 likes and six. 1,261 comments. Huge. Talk about engagement season. All of these were extraordinary plays, but our parasocial play of the week goes to ring winner Blake Moines. He posted an image of him and Thurston in which they appear to be mid-hooju performing kiss play while holding a bottle of champagne to his Instagram main grid. This was his first post since he won the game, and it was on his birthday. And in that prime piece of parasocial real estate, Moines wrote this as the caption, champagne flute emoji, cheers to last rose and last hooju, champagne bottle emoji, popping bottles to new beginnings with at the Katie Thurston. So excited to start our best fucking life. You're a rock, my rock, a mature, nurturing, supportive, and loving partner who continues to impress me every day. We have an adventure called life ahead of us, and I hope you know I'll do everything I can to help push and encourage you to make the most of every little bit of it. I love you. I love you, Buggy. Yeah, that's my nickname for her, Buggy. This post had it all. It had a hooju. It had strong chemistry play. It was filled with four TRR nicknames. It had future casting of their upcoming Canadian parasocial plays. And this bold style post has 254,138 likes and 2,863 comments, including huge players in the nation, previous ring winners, Zach Clark, Vanessa Grimaldi, and Dale Moss, previous crowns, Thurston, Tasha Adams, Caitlin Bristow, and Nick Vial, and even the Broad Squad. We have set a lot of goals in our time at Gore, and we've accomplished many. But having the ring winner right after he's won the championship, use our terminology of the hoodoo, it is main grid on the night at the finale. Well, it feels like a true, true blessing. Congrats <laughs> to the happy couple. We cannot wait to see what you do with your parasocial power in the postseason. This shit blew my mind. They're hoojuing, <laughs> and he says the word hoojoo. We're so close. <laughs> We're so close. But congratulations to all these parasocial plays. And before we round out parasocial play of the week, we must talk about some of those beautiful creatures. 
This week, the Parasocial Creature of the Week goes to a creature that was part of Katie Thurston delivering creature overload. The newly engaged bachelorette took a trip to her fiancé's place of work, the California Wildlife Center, this week, and she posted an incredible TikTok featuring some of the creatures who were there. We got a skunk, we got a raven, we got a whole slew of other birds, but our Creature of the Week was a baby squirrel. Not yet old enough to even open her eyes, being fed through a syringe. This squirrel is clearly the cutest of all creatures in this video and was the obvious choice for Parasocial Creature of the Week. But congratulations to all the Parasocial Creatures this week. And that wraps up all of our Parasocial Plays from humans and creatures alike. Congratulations to everyone. Now it is time for Pace Case and I to descend into the pit where we will issue forth our screams about how this game and our relationship with it is altering every element of our life. This is... Screams from the Pit! My scream from the pit this week is that I went on a bachelorette trip this weekend to a house on a lake. A lake house. And I you wanted... mean a bachelorette trip, like somebody's getting married, not like a trip like a... to celebrate the bachelorette. <laughs> right. The old use of the term bachelorette. <laughs> the okay. former. Just making sure. We're at this lake house. I wanted to jump in the lake. And when we were about to jump, I seriously considered pulling a Caitlin Bristow on a group date during Crystal season and making it a voluntary nudity play. I did not because I saw children on a boat. <laughs> <laughs> That's what stopped you? It was you? during the day. Uh, yes. But <laughs> this consideration, and honestly, I was in Minnesota and I considered, you know, our next crown, Michelle Young is from Minnesota. Should I check out any information regarding Michelle Young? And I realized... I'm seeing everything through the lens of The Bachelor. My hero player slash goat, Caitlin Bristow, has she changed how I live my entire life? I'm thinking about her when I'm maybe going to jump in a lake. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. Let's say that you never watched The Bachelor. Mm -hmm. Would you still have the impulse to maybe do a voluntary nudity play in that way? At this or point, it I don't know. I can't even picture an alternate universe where I haven't seen the bachelor <laughs> no neither can i neither can i oh fuck that's pretty i don't funny. know did you tell any of your friends at this bachelor party about this no i did talk about the bachelor a lot though obviously it's how everyone introduces me at this point when i meet new people it's like it's all i can talk about because that's the lead-in line for me she does a bachelor podcast oh mm. I've seen that show a couple of times. Who, what do you think about it? And then you're just like, oh, God. Yeah. Now I have to fucking put on the inhibitor and just be like, yep, it's a fun put show. Put on the inhibitor. And meanwhile, <laughs> your fucking brain is just like boiling in blood. Like, you just want to explode. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does feel that way when someone would be like, how's, how's Bachelor going? It's like, the, someone asked me this right after the the Grippo Thurston fight and I was just like I don't want to talk about it I think that's what I said <laughs> that's hilarious <laughs> holy shit well I'm glad like, that you you know yeah. spared the children and mm -hmm. uh had they not been there 
Maybe it'd be a different outcome. I'll go outcome. back. I'll go okay. back and do it. You'll go back to Minnesota and do it? Yeah. I'm currently dating a Minnesotan. Oh. Well, you know what you could do? I don't know where Caitlin Bristow shot that thing. Were they still in California when they went to that little, the place that mm. she jumped in the lake? I'm sure you could find out where that is Probably. and maybe even do it there. It looked like a desert. You could maybe absorb some of the energy of Caitlin Bristow. Hmm. I'll recreate it shot for shot, including having a friend play Ashley Iaconetti and just take off her top <laughs> as I ascend to crown them with my full yeah. voluntary nudity play. <laughs> well, this week, my scream is kind of similar, a similar tone, a similar category of scream in that hmm. this is one where I realized, oh, I'm the bachelor person. <laughs> You haven't thought of yourself that way? <laughs> no, I haven't. I know that this is a huge piece of our lives now. We do this podcast all the time and we're writing the book and we're doing everything we're doing, making the memes and all the shit. I get it. Uh -huh. I do spend a lot of time on this, obviously. More time on this than anything else. That said, uh -huh. I am still working on other projects that have nothing to do with The Bachelor. And I got a call during the finale this week from somebody that I'm working on one of those other projects with. Mm -hmm. And I received the call. I see it going off. And I'm like, fuck, I have that moment where I'm like, do I answer mm. this or do I not? And I was did like, you? I did. Because I just turned in uh, an outline for this project that was pretty substantial. And I wanted to know what their thoughts on it were. And um, so I answered the phone. And mm, no wonder we started <laughs> recording late. <laughs> we didn't though. We, I know, you, I'm just I, joking. <laughs> oh man, I still made the time because I knew we had three hours too. I yeah, was like, "There's going to be an hour joking. of commercials." You could take calls during the finale, please. Thank you. I took the call, <laughs> and um, you know, it was a good call. It was like this person likes what was happening in the outline and all that kind of shit. Great. But the call opens with this question. Hey, man, what are you doing? Asked to me. Uh -huh. And I was like, oh, I'm watching the Bachelorette finale. And uh -huh. the immediate response was like, oh, shit. Sorry, dude. I'll call you back. I know that's like important. <gasps> that was the immediate response. Oh. And now this is somebody who doesn't listen to our podcast, who knows that I like do the podcast and all this shit, but like is not Aww. remotely in the pit, is nowhere near the pit. But still, they know me as the fucking crazy bastard who, like, cannot be bothered during <laughs> Bachelorette, you know? And then we proceed to have this conversation that lasts maybe, like, 15 minutes or so. And it, it goes into the work we're doing. And then within mm -hmm. five minutes, it's just right into The Bachelor. I then ask them, have you ever watched the show? Oh, uh, I watched a couple episodes here and there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that season, da 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 da. And I just go through all of it and why it was important mm -hmm. to American culture and what it meant because of where it was in terms of elections, all this fucking shit. Mm -hmm. No response. There's no conversation happening here. It's just me doing a 10 minute rant. You forgot your inhibitor. <laughs> The inhibitor, I was the in the middle of watching hat. the fucking finale. There's no, no inhibitor at that point. You know what I mean? But it was just funny to me that I was like, fuck, not only can I not stop talking about this to somebody who clearly doesn't give a fuck, they know me as the person who can't be interrupted while the show is on. <laughs> fuck. It was oh just hilarious gosh. to me. I'm glad you have friends who respect you. 
and your passions. Yeah, exactly. That's what I really took out of it is that my friends respect Friendship. me and my passions. Yeah. The journey was the destination <laughs> of the friendships along the way, as I always say. I've never heard you say that, but you've said it now and I take it to heart. So thank you for your scream. Thank you, everybody who joined us on this week in Bachelor Nation for all of our screams, all of our parasocial plays and creatures, all those gains, all those juicy tids and that state of the game up top. We will remind you that you can still get a 4TRR t-shirt right now if you go to bonfire.com slash Game of Roses, but those Hooju t-shirts, they're gone. You can try to get one, but you're going to have to find it on eBay at probably a 500% mm. markup because now they're collector's items. And we will see you back on either Tuesday or Wednesday, depending on what the Bachelor in Paradise schedule is. But we will be back with our professional level analysis of the Bachelor in Paradise season. God, I can't wait. And by the way, we have a couple upcoming interviews to look out for in the weeks to come that I think you all are really going to enjoy. God, I'm going to enjoy doing them. I can't fucking wait i literally cannot wait i mean i have to obviously that's how <sighs> the, the nature of time works in this plane of existence so inefficient anyway before we go speaking of time yeah what is that drawback it has been seven thousand and eighty days without an asian bachelor praise be our beloved game rate this podcast please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast please review this podcast please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing What's in the box? on every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in... um three-body problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, Mm. they have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back, no questions asked. You get the... Tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Care. 